You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! What? It costs how much? And welcome to episode. Sorry, welcome to Podcast BXN <laughs> episode 163. I am one of your hosts, the perennial dating app swiper from Portland, Oregon, Christian Macias. And I'm joined today over Discord, as always, by Kentucky's number one Spartan and PXN founder, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM. Yo. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club. He is the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, our video featurist at Roro. Sonic Frontiers is six days away. Prepare, get ready. Do with that information as you will, yeah. but it's coming. Rep those <laughs> animals. And... And one half of the men, <laughs> one half of the men and Gitch podcast, Battlefield's bad boy, the Tarkov Teletubby himself, Age Dempster. I love you. I love you. Wow, fantastic, fantastic! Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are li- we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, and as well as twitchtv PXN. Housekeeping, we've got a new video on the channel. Rose Dream Games is up right now. You can watch Ro run you through his list of studios and franchises. That would be a perfect match. And let me tell you, he's got some good ideas. Some I don't agree with. Most of them. I would would love to hear your thoughts on the ones you don't agree with. That's that's always more fun. But yeah, um, thanks for shouting it out. I hope you guys watch it. Anybody out there who hasn't seen it, go check it out. It was lots of fun to make. Here's my tease. My only thing is that I want Naughty Dog to do a new IP. It's the only, right. that's the only thing. No. The yeah. only one. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I agree. I agree. But you make some good points. You should watch Rose's video, everyone. Watch it. YouTube. Watch it. <gasps> now. Whoa, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Well, Speaking now, of YouTube. But... <laughs> yeah, not now. After this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, we've got a new YouTube handle. You can find us over at YouTube.com slash podcast pxn so literally that's all right everywhere look us up that way what does this do with an with an at for youtube now what is the difference what's the change so if people comment in the comment section and at you they can at you that way or like uh with the custom urls now it uses the at um handle uh so it's a little nicer i guess Okay. Don't have all those numbers and letters after yeah. the slash anymore. Uh, okay. Well, we do, but if you search it up the other way, it still pops us up on, on yeah. YouTube, which is good. Yeah. Exactly. Right. There you have it. Hey, what is that uh, rest in peace music? What's the name of that song? Like with the trumpets? Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what it's called, but. Dun, oh, you, dun, dun, you do. Dun. Is that the, right. at the, the end of called? Saving Private Ryan? I mean, it's just, like a, it's just like a motif, right? Yeah, sure. Just sure. search end of pro- saving private. Are you, are you hearing <laughs> the trumpets oh, now? It's called taps. It's called taps. Oh. It's called taps. Okay. Easy Can somebody start singing taps for me real quick? Oh, God. Bum, bum, bum. I'm just going to do the end of saving private Ryan. So long, brother. Our first quick bite of the day. That's terrible. This is terrible. This is not the send off he deserves. No, we'll, we'll, we'll rewind and do it again. Bunch Folks, of malfunctioning church organs. 
The topic of the show this week is PSVR 2 price revealed. But first, the show always starts with PXN News of the Week. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Cue Alexa. Play taps. So long, brother. Nibel, our first quick bite. Nibel has moved on from Twitter and Patreon. Will no longer cover games. This is the end of Nibelian. We lost a good one. Let me read you Nibel's statement over on... Uh, you posted it on, on Twitter as well as on, on the Patreon. I'm just getting infinite loading. Oh, no. So, I can't, I can't open this. Can someone else open this and read for me? Uh, oh, yeah. Did you get it, Jan? Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, I got it. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> You're trying to decide who reads it. In this Here we go. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not able to create an interesting and sustainable Patreon, which is evident in the number of patrons stagnating during the first weekend and the first of many pledges being deleted during the first week. I have miscalculated the value of my Twitter activity and realized that it it is nothing worth supporting by itself for the vast majority of people. It is not me who is popular, but it is that work that is useful. It is not valuable by itself, but a comfortable time saver. And I get that now. This this hurt me to read this and, and the way he viewed his his own stuff. Because I don't I don't know. I, I didn't think of Nibel as, as the content. I thought of him as the person who was giving us the content. Like, always person first. So I, I really missed him. And, and as evident is, like, when I was prepping the show, I was like, man, I, the first thing I did was look up Nibel as well, like, out of habit. And... I felt that loss, man. Nibel, Nibel is, a, is a real one, and I'm going to miss him. So, yeah. All right. I love you, Nibel. He's not actually dead, but... Yeah. <laughs> that we yeah. know of. I mean, I mean, we won't know now that he's not on Twitter, right? Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, Moving on I, to bigger and better things. Yeah, I, I'll miss him, too. I, I totally understand where he's coming from, though. He put in a lot of of hours and like mm -hmm. literally it's, it seemed like he was on the internet 24 7 because he would just have these stories as soon as they break before like bigger outlets even found it sometimes and doing all that for free i can understand why he may yes. want to step back or when he found out that it wasn't monetizable and didn't turn out he's like okay i need to slow down on this or just not do it at all so i get it but it is sad because yeah i agree with you christian like his his stuff was was fantastic and valuable work so it's sad yes. to see that he didn't feel the same way. Man, you it's would... a thankless job. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, Dan. Good. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a thankless job. And one of the things that I really appreciate is that he took time to actually go in and read the articles and then give us breakdowns that way. Right. So, like, he was the time saver. Like, it was the one-stop shop for everything. Right. You would think that, like, one of the big gaming outlets would, like, see that and be like, oh, man, this dude would be dude. great for our team or something like I mean, even yeah. if they created, like, if, if IGN had something like IGN Breakdowns or something, like a Twitter handle that was that and had him doing that, like, that would be fantastic. Right. So, like, uh, I'm surprised that sure. nobody's reached out to him for that. That'd be, yeah. I don't know. Alas. I also really appreciated his review roundups as well. That was always great to see. Yes. Very cool. Okay. We've got another bit of sad news as well. This is time is an actual, an actual passing, so play taps again uh low roar frontman ryan karajja has passed away uh, i've got a statement from kojima of course uh the frontman from low roar also heavily inspired death stranding legit um if it weren't for low roar like there's the story goes and th this is from uh brain structure the podcast from hideo kojima he's like yeah i was sitting in a coffee shop and low roar started playing and like suddenly i had, I had like this idea for this game and it was i kept listening to their music and like it kept inspiring me to like create the world of death stranding so without low roar we would not have gotten Death Stranding. This is Kojima's statement. I heard the news. I can't believe it. I don't want to believe it. 
Without Ryan, without you and your music, Death Stranding would not have been born. Your music will live forever in this world and in me. Thank you. Rest in peace. So, very bit of a uh, little bit of sad news. Very sad. I I I not super familiar with their work honestly, but it it I I loved their music in uh in in uh, Death Stranding. Like, Don't Be Serious was really one of my favorites. I think. I think they had another one sure. in there too. But uh, yeah, great, great music. So it, and mm-hmm. just sad to see somebody go and yeah. I mean, rest in peace for real. So young yeah. too. That's yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Cool stuff. Let's move on to some a bit of happier news here in the quick bites. Sony London is working on an untitled un- online co-op combat game set in fantasy London. It's it's uh, sorry it's. It's Sony London's most ambitious game by its by the studio. It's oh, built no. for PS5. Tell me. I'm sorry. I just got <laughs> sad because I clicked the link and it's to Nebellion that doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and it's the game is using in-house uh, Soho engine. So be excited for some online co-op combat from Sony London if you're into that. Yeah, it is the Nebellion link. <laughs> Rip. Moving on. This is interesting. Callisto Protocol has been canceled in Japan. Uh, it will not pass the zero rating without cuts, which the studio, Striking Distance, said they're not willing to make those cuts, so they had to cancel the Japan release, uh, which I think is, a, is pretty cool for them to not, not compromise their art like that. Um, they are offering refunds for, for those in Japan. So, W's all around. I'm curious about Australia because uh, Left 4 Dead was famous in Australia where they had to get rid of dismemberment because uh, their ratings are super strict as well. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah. Or mighty. <laughs> Your Australian accent? Yeah. <laughs> or. Or. Nar. Kaliskar. So the, I, there's a running bit for whatever reason uh, with me and my friend from Denmark. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> for whatever reason, no, I'll say it. For whatever reason, him and I say Callisto Protocol with our, our Spanish accent. So we're just like, ay, el Callisto Protocol. Oh, it just makes no sense. And we just, just... anyway. It's uh, amazing. A little bit of Does, ISO lore for you. Do you Tell think me. that, do you think uh, the C, I mean, it, censorship is bad most of the time, all the time. Um, but does this guy scare you a little bit? Like, are you guys happy about this news? Like, does this mean Callisto Protocol is even scarier than we thought, or is just mm. Japan being oh, a little that too way. strict? Ah, I think I'm sure it's going to be gross. I think I'm sure it's going to be gross. Yeah, if or is that... it Japan just being too strict? And I mean, probably, we mean a little bit of both, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If mm. Dead Space is its measuring stick, that game was already gruesome. So, like, <laughs> ugh, this is going to be yes. right. real gruesome. <laughs> You guys remember those like uh, gameplay videos that Jeff showed off, and like this dude's like getting ripped by fans and stuff. Yeah, like that game's gonna be disgusting. Some Tomb Raider right. stuff. <laughs> Moving on, uh, folks, beware of spoilers. A retailer has sold God of War Ragnarok ten days before release, and spoilers have begun to float around the internet. So please mute words accordingly. Sony Santa Monica also put out a press release saying to hey mute words if you don't want to get spoiled because stuff is happening on YouTube. Uh, and Corey Barlog, uh, director of God of War 2018, was very friggin' pissed uh, that a retailer did this. So, beware. 
Yeah, I hate when this happens. It's so it's so scary. Just yeah. be careful on the internet. You don't want this stuff spoiled. Yeah. Same stuff is happening for Sonic right now too. Actually, some retailers broke street data and really front, front yeah Frontiers is in the hands of a couple of people, and people oh. are like leaking cutscenes and stuff like that. So gotta gotta mute those words too. <laughs> this reminds me. So last night uh, I was like on Twitter and someone was like posting uh, about their disappointment with Bayonetta's performance. Um, Bayonetta 3's performance, uh, saying that the Switch is just like not powerful. Either the Switch not powerful enough, or it's poorly optimized, or both. And in the comments, they were spoiling the end of Bayonetta 3, and I'm like, guys, the Ooh. game just came out. But now, I, like, now I read what like the end of that game. It's like, well, God, fuck me, I suppose. Yeah, yeah be careful out there, y'all. Gotta be careful. Yeah, that's terrible. That was the most terrifying that I was going to the Game Awards with you last year, Christian, because I didn't have Halo Infinite beat yet, and I was afraid somebody was going right. to spoil it for me. Luckily, oh. nothing happened. Terrible. Moving on to our next quick bite. Kojima has revealed that another actor is in his next game, Shuri Kutsuna, best known for her role as Yukio in Deadpool 2. There's one more left to, to announce. Don't know who it could be, or what this game is, or what's going on. But I can't wait. And this is awesome. I I, I loved her in Deadpool too. Um, I don't really know her besides in anything else. I I don't watch that many movies. That's on me. But I loved her in Deadpool too. But didn't we think that where <laughs> where I am was going to lead into the Game Awards, like that that oh. this specific one, right? As like a hint as to where it's going to be. So I mean, I'm sure it'd still be there, hopefully. But um, it sucks that that's that's kind of ruled out now. As right. a hint, yeah. I mean, it's not so ruled the, out like that. It will, it'll be there, but it doesn't seem like these well, are hints in uh, as we thought it would be. Like they're literally just actors every time. Right, right. But uh, I, I did, bro. To answer your question, yes. But actually, th this might be better because, well, first of all, they're like an independent studio, so that they can do whatever they want, like just yeah. whenever, right? True. But it, it is leading up to something, right? Because there's mm -hmm. still how come, um, and I, I gather maybe you get that at the end of November or the early December, and then once you have all the actors, then maybe at the Game Awards is when, is when mm. you know he's ah. friends with Jeff, and yeah. then is where you get the announcement of whatever this is. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's been a while since he's had something to show at Jeff's show, so because he didn't have anything last year, so might be due. And speaking of the Game Awards, uh, I didn't put this in there, but the tickets have gone on sale for this year's Game Awards. Uh, a little spendy, but if you want to go. I actually don't even know if tickets are still up any or available anymore. But would you guys, yesterday. would you two recommend as people that have gone and experienced it front row? Would you recommend it, or is it definitely not for everyone? Um, I had a good time. Yeah, I, absolutely. Like there, I got into. <laughs> I know this is going to sound crazy to you guys, but I got into a Twitter argument with someone who's shitting no, on not Jeff. you. <laughs> yeah, someone was shitting in on Jeff when he was posting something positive about the Game Awards. So I was like, really, dude? Like, he works hard at these shows, and, like, it is a different experience there. Like, I know we watched you guys back after the fact, and you guys were, like, riffing on the um, performances. Or not, like, riffing on them, but you're like, man, these are, like, weird and stuff. But like, I was probably riffing on them. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, like, being there, like, that was a really cool experience. I, I can't speak for Christian, but, like, the Imagine Dragon stuff I love because I love them anyways. And the, the dude at the beginning with uh, the Arcane show uh, uh, song, I can't think of his name, Sing, uh, he was really good. Like, I was like, damn, this is impressive and, like, this is cool. And, like, it, it's, like, a different feeling, I feel like. The thing for me is, like... um. First of all, I hate Imagine Dragons. 
Me too. Me too. But Dan is right. Like, I didn't mind listening to them because, like, there is an energy to that room. And, like, oh, tickets sure. aren't that expensive. Like, for front row, it's 180 which, like, I don't know. Like, you uh, add that to a plane ticket and a hotel if you're sharing it with a buddy. Maybe you're spending, like, 500 bucks for a weekend and you get to see cool games and hang out with a lot of people and have drinks. Like, I would say it's worth it for sure. Like, I had a good time. Absolutely. Or, or you could or. buy a PSVR too. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. and, maybe, and maybe have a worse time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or you can get a PSVR too and then download the virtual oh. uh, Game Awards app and then also you're there. Oh. It's like you're there. It's like oh, you're there. Yeah. That probably is more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You have to pay uh, for a digital ticket to sit in the digital. Oh, audience. probably. Yeah. Lord, can't wait to talk about that. One of the Pornhub Awards. Anyway, uh, oh. let's go dark. Modern Warfare 2 is the fastest selling Call of Duty ever and has surpassed $800 million in its opening weekend. The best opening weekend since Modern Warfare 3 back in 2011. Uh, Gangbusters, this game. Who would have thunk? Definitely me, because, like, come on, it's Call of Duty. It's called but there's bad years man this like i feel like when you say that you take away from this game like it's it's a good it's a really good call of duty right but like people weren't excited to go back uh for like world war ii or was maybe it was one for vanguard right and cold war had had its issues so like this being a sequel to like one of the what i'd say arguably one of the better call of duties of recent memory modern warfare one reboot uh, I would say this like was like highly anticipated, you know, anticipated if you know what I mean. Right. I guess uh, is it one of the best Call of Duties thus far? I, maybe that's a question for our, what you got for. I me. don't know. Maybe I that don't know it? yet. Right. And there's still features that we have like are still right. coming. You know what I mean? Like season one hasn't even started yet. So. Right. Good question though, and we will get actually get into that. So, looking ahead, Dan, I like it. Two more items. First, Atomic Heart has been, sorry, has been gotten a release date of February 21st and will be available on Game Pass. Uh, I'm excited, but it sucks that it's another February release because there are too many games in that month. (laughs) So many games. Mm. It's a new folly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're we're not allowed to release games in June or July or anything like that. It's got to be the beginning of the year or the end of the year. That's it. Not when everybody is off school and has yeah. time to no. play video games. Guys, get, key, it get it together. <laughs> I loved having no games in summer. Legit. What? I got to catch. I got to catch up on backlog. Do backlog my own thing. Season. I was making video essays. I had time to do other shit, and I was like, "This kind of rocks." I want no games for a whole year. Actually, you're insane. I. He doesn't speak for us. Games don't do that. <laughs> Let's don't just all take games. a break from releasing new content for all of 2023. That'll do. That'll that'll do wonders for the channel. <laughs> oh fuck! You got me there. <laughs> no more episodes. Oh, speaking of episodes, be excited because the Last of Us TV show will officially premiere on January fifteenth on HBO Max at nine oh p.m. My Pacific. God. This man uh, just was- now, you were like, oh, finally, oh, a segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, a good segue that never yeah, happens. Yeah. That was amazing. That was such genuine excitement. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and it will have nine episodes, you fucks. The pilot. <laughs> uh, I'll just I'll, I'll hard stop there for a second. You guys excited? You guys pumped? Oh, I'm so fucking excited, dude. Yeah. Like that poster? Oh, yes. that poster's okay, actually. 
Not I like that. It's, it's nice, but it could have been better. <laughs> it could be better. Oh, oh uh, that looked good. I yeah, kicked him. Oh. I kicked Gage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought I, <laughs> I thought I lost internet connection. No, he deserved that. <laughs> could be better. You kicked me. What happened? <laughs> oh. Fine. Listen. Oh. Don't give me that shit. You're gonna release a poster from one of your most anticipated series, and the two main characters are like three miles away in the poster. No, I love no. it. I love it, dude. No. It's just, it's just atmosphere mm -hmm. and vibes. The fucking ground's all wet, and you got the cordyceps. Come on, it's this stylized poster. I love it. Despair. No. It marks despair, and yes, it's... yes, I love it. Speaking of despair, love... mm -hmm. oh, row. Yeah, give me your thoughts. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to counter Gage. I love the poster. I really like it a lot. <laughs> That's all. Don't counter me, bro. Don't ever counter me. <laughs> yeah, speaking of despair, this, here's one bit that got me a little desperate. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the pilot was actually not directed by Kantamir Balagov, who originally did do the pilot. Uh, Balagov directed movies like, highly critically acclaimed movies like Closeness and Beanpole. Uh, his episode will not air. Instead, presumably, they reshot what he did, which I was a little bit bummed. But I'm sure I'm sure the show will be just fine. But this is kind of a bummer to, to find out that his stuff got like erased. Essentially, it won't it won't air that. So it sucks. I don't. Know That's what interesting. I'd love I would love to hear about that at some point because usually that means there's something happened. I mean, game. Let's like Game of Thrones did the same thing. Game of Thrones has that famous unaired pilot that everybody talks about that right. only a handful of people have seen. So they completely reshot that, recast um, the role that went to Amelia Clark. So it has happened before on very successful shows. So it doesn't really sure. concern me too much. But it's more like intrigue than anything else. Like I'd love to know yeah. the story behind this. I was trying to re read up on this as well, and supposedly I think uh, the intro they they left in, which is what he did. That's mm -hmm. still pretty cool. But the actual like some some parts they did do reshoot. So yeah, I'm sure the show will be good, but still right. Uh, and then last bit of news from The Last of Us. There's a board game, The Last of Us Escape the Dark, has been announced. It's created by Themeborn, and the Kickstarter, Kickstarter will be live on November 8th for those interested. Spooky. Uh, I am not. No, not even a little bit. Hey, maybe a board game night on uh, episode 200. <laughs> maybe. Kidding. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you want some meat. Oh. Maybe you want to hit the street. Oh, maybe you want to drive down Scuttlebutt Lane. There's an update for you here on Street Meet. Sony's new San Diego studio gets a new job listing description. We were talking about this last week. Well, there's another description here that gives a little bit more insight as to what this game might be. Let me read you from the VGC article. Now, another job listing has been published based in the same San Diego area as Visual Arts. Although it doesn't make specific reference to the studio, it states that the role is for a new PlayStation studio based in San Diego, California. It goes on to state that currently we're co-developing an exciting new project with Naughty Dog in a beloved franchise, which is not included in, in previous descriptions. Interesting. Uh, PlayStation's, a little bit more for you, PlayStation's visual arts service group was established with the goal of growing some of PlayStation's biggest franchises. For many years, it worked as a support studio on series like Spider-Man and Uncharted. But according to reports, recently it held ambitions to lead its own projects. According to a Bloomberg report from last year, Visual Arts wanted to remake the first Uncharted game, but the project was apparently deemed to be too expensive and time-consuming. So it switched its attention to this year's remake of The Last of Us, a release deemed as requiring less additional design work. 
God. Hold on, hold on. The same publication claimed that at one point another Sony studio, Days Gone developer, Bend, was at one point assigned to work on a new Uncharted game with supervision from Naughty Dog. What's it going to be, Dan? What, what, what was even going on over there? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I just muted myself to lose my shit for a second when they said that they decided to, instead instead of doing the Uncharted 1 remake, you know, they're going to work on freaking Last of Us remake that just came yeah. out not that long ago. But, you know, didn't need a remake. Anywho, I'm not upset at all about this. But, no, yeah. this is... Dan, this see, one. it takes too much time. It takes too much time, they said. I would love to see them go into Uncharted. Listen, please, please. Oh, Listen, <laughs> they've got the movies as well. If they're going to do a sequel to the movie, like it'd be a great time to have the Uncharted mm. remake come out after a semi-successful foray into the movies sure. adaptation. So, yeah. All signs lead to Uncharted for this, whatever, whether it be a remake or some kind of sequel, what have you. Spin-off, I don't know. Probably is, there, is there one that you guys would prefer, remake or, or a sequel out of the out of those two options. I want a Days Gone remake. Fair what? enough. That's no way. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> a Days Gone remake. That's it's, it's time. Not even. <laughs> I guess. Are they making a movie or? But they're working with Naughty Dog. <laughs> nope. I want a Days Gone remake right now. <laughs> Naughty Dog is going to remake Days Gone? Re Naughty Dog is going to remake Days Gone. That's how you make it better. Into a good game? Oh. That's rude. Ooh. I would say let them do the remake first and then do a sequel because they're a new studio, get their feet wet with a, you know, a remake and then right. off does, and running. Does anyone want a sequel though? Like come on. Uncharted 4 like we 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 cap that story. We're good. We let things end. <laughs> let <laughs> Let things fucking end. I'm sick and tired of right. things. You're right. Nope. Yeah. But I want more. I don't I want more. We had to get, we had the goodbye <laughs> We had a spin-off series, which is which is great. I loved Chloe and and awesome. uh, Nadine's foray. Like we can get more of that for sure. Maybe that's some exactly. More... I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Was, it doesn't yeah, have to sure. be more Drake. Yeah. I don't want more Drake. Yeah. You used to call me on my <laughs> cell phone. See, <laughs> I, I, hmm. I know what you want, Dan, and I and I, I want that too. And I think you're just not saying it because you don't want to spoil anybody. Spoilers. Yeah. If sure. they haven't played it. Yes. But. See, I, I understand what Christian's saying because if they just keep doing Nathan Drake stories, eventually it's going to be like, okay, that's that's enough, and things do need to end eventually. It, <laughs> I loved Chloe and like, well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I I finish. You 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 should go now. Sorry. I loved Chloe and Nadine, but I did not like them in their own game. I I literally <sighs> did not enjoy that game anywhere near as much as the other games. That's like, poor. oh, Dan, not enjoying good games. Who would have thought? <laughs> Morning. I get what you're saying, though. Uh, if if it is what you're alluding to, uh, without spoiling, that would be interesting. You'd have to put in a lot of legwork to make the story good and to make a story that I would want to go back and actually explore. There's a, possibil a possibility there that I think could be really good. I just don't want Nate and Elena in it. Their story's been told. Maybe a time jump, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking as well. That That would be like, okay. We'll see. When do we see it? Yeah. Next year? February 2023. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's move on to the news of the week. We've got a few things here for you. First, EA has confirmed its Marvel deal covers at least three action adventure games. Superhero fatigue, what is that? 
Uh, let's look at the current lineup of uh, Marvel games uh, that have been sorry uh, that are currently uh, have been revealed announced. We have Iron Man at Motive. Motive is also working on Dead Space remake, uh, and then we have Black Panther at a new EA studio. We don't know which one, and this is not to be confused with Amy Hennig's Captain America plus Black Panther game at Skydance New Media. We have a third unannounced game in the Marvel universe. What could it be? Is Gage going insane? <laughs> uh, there's more than one Black Panther game to keep track of at one time. That's too many. That's too many. I told you. Once, told once you start overlapping, like, in development characters, like, I don't know. I will agree with that. I, I don't think that they, I think Marvel should say, all right, you guys can get these characters to work on, and you guys get these. I, I do, I agree with that. I think they need to be more selective with what they're giving out to people. The best thing about this is that, is that it's not a shared universe game. Like, they don't have to be tying into each other. Obviously, the Black Panther games aren't going to tie into each other either, but, like, <laughs> each one is, like, in their own universe. They're going to tell their own story, which I think could be cool, but I'm with Gage where it does feel like a lot before we've even seen what these games even look like. Like, we're putting the cart way before the horse uh, on this, in, in my opinion. Right, well, it's like, how differently could a Black Panther, could two games starring Black Panther play? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's going to be swinging from webs in one and, like, <laughs> shooting guns in the other. Like, he's Black, so it just, and and this is this is just the very start of all this, right? So that's why it's, I'm already worried where it's like, is there going to be a year where two Captain America games come out? Is there going to be a year where there's, like, three Spider-Man games? It's like, alright, this is, we're already oversaturated, we haven't even started yet. Franchise, baby! <laughs> I'm I'm so tired. I'm so, I'm literally so tired. <laughs> Can I just say that? I'm excited for Motive to do Iron Man because like the little the few moments in Dead Space where you're like flying around that could translate, you know, into Iron Man, you know. Right, but is Motive made of ex Dead Space devs? Motive? No. I don't think so. Are they? I don't. I don't. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, are you, are you saying like because they worked on the Dead Space remake that yes. they would have some? I would gather it's probably different teams though. No, I don't think that. Maybe, but I I, I was thinking Motive was just one team, but maybe I'm wrong in that. Because uh, Motive did help like in the past, like with support stuff, like supported Star Wars Battlefront two. Uh, and they've supported other EA projects as well. Mm. Um, they made squadrons, I think. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe that support studio is starting work on their Maybe. Iron Man game. Um, yeah. What are the odds one of the, uh, the unannounced game is an FPS? Ooh. And do you want that? What? Not particularly. Who, who is it? Like a like a multiplayer game, or is it like? I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. You know, it's EA. Who would you play as? Legit, I don't know. Oh God, I another Iron Carter. Man. Another Iron Man, yeah. Peggy Carter. Peggy Damn. Carter. Man, it's. I guess we're not excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I mean, I... yeah, exactly. Like they just they just announced the characters that they're giving us. We have no idea what these games look like or play like yet. So maybe it'll be a fantastic game, but we literally don't know yet. Yeah, it does seem like we're getting a lot of these. Yeah. Close. And to together. be honest, 
of the Black Panther games, I'm more nervous about the uh, new EA studio because I, I mean, I don't even have a name to the studio, hmm. right? right? It's it. I don't know who who's working there. The one I'm probably more excited about is Amy Hennig's game, which we have more details about. And like, okay, they they kind of sold me there. So we'll have to wait and see. Next news item: Embracer. I hardly know her. This comes from Bloomberg, <laughs> and I tried to read the article, but alas. Uh, I, I couldn't read it because I don't have an account or something. So I, I, I couldn't actually read the article. So I, I'm I'm gathering bullet points from Jason Schreier's Twitter account from this story. Bear with me. Embracer has shut down Onoma, formerly known as Square Enix Montreal, just three weeks after announcing its new name and shifting focus only on PC and console games, which sucks. Uh, and then some Onoma staff will move over to Eidos Montreal. And speaking of Eidos Montreal, Eidos has canceled their Stranger Things-inspired Kids on Bikes game, is working on new IP, also is working on a new Deus Ex game, and is co-developer partners with Xbox, including uh, work on uh, the upcoming Fable game. What do you think on Onoma? Because I think it kind of sucks. that I mean, they just shifted to making games since they were previously the uh, go team so hitman go and i think tomb raider go we're gonna shift over to making some bigger games on pc and console and then just like that embracer's like nope you're done uh go help out idos in montreal yeah it's it's a bummer i'm, I'm glad that uh, not all of them are losing or some people still some people are still losing their jobs though they say some one of my staff are being moved so that obviously that does not mean all so that's always a bummer that some people are just out of the job right now hopefully they land land back on their feet but it's just crazy to me that they they changed the name and then three weeks later they're like you know what never mind not even going to give you a chance to, to to develop anything it's it's done go go do this so that's that sucks i hope i mean this is kind of the first close shutdown we've seen from a bracer right since they've acquired all these things i don't know if that's true or not isn't is because yeah, they keep acquiring true. stuff and right we're not seeing the labors right. of that yet because they just keep acquiring studios but they haven't really done anything with them yet to my knowledge um one one game has released under uh, embracer group okay. so far it's been was one it? game and that came out like last month i think i don't remember which one it okay. was though they also to be to be fair they also uh released i believe it's embracer with the disrail humans remakes that have been getting pretty good mm. reception and saint huh. saints row is huh. as well i believe so there's a few so so they have started doing stuff and um and stuff but okay so, so they have worked on some released a couple of stuff but um yeah it's always a shame to, to that they would even acquire them to shut them down it's, it's just sad to to see that but yeah hopefully it, they uh don't do that to more of the, the studios that they acquired and that they just hmm. allow these people to create the games that they want to create i guess but it's kind of hard to imagine that happening, just how things are going. Yeah, uh, what name do you guys want? Oh, by the way, we're shutting you down. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the freak? <laughs> uh, yeah, not good. That, that kind of sucks for them. Uh, are we, can I speak on the Eidos part? Yeah, I mean... Okay. Please. I am very excited about Eidos helping Xbox on Fable because... Their team of writers, I thought, did an amazing job with Guardians of the Galaxy. So if they're 
at least helping at all on Fable's writing, that would be fantastic. There, uh, I forget. I read recently. I can't remember who it is, but they just um, uh, Playground just hired someone. Oh, it was someone formerly of the Horizon Forbidden West team to write for Fable, which hopefully that's not as long-winded as Horizon Forbidden West is dialogue-wise. But uh, yeah, if they get some writers from Eidos, that would be fantastic because I thought they did really good work with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm sad that we're not getting a sequel to that because I feel like that game is way underrated. Sure. If anything, Horizon needs help with their writing. But uh, yeah. Dan, you're a thousand percent right. The, the writing in, in Guardians was was fantastic. It's probably my favorite part of the game was how well-written these characters were. And like it, it felt like an actual Guardians unit, different than the movies, but, like, but still very much like resonated with me. Um, legit, I was a little bit bummed reading that they were partnering with Xbox to work on Fable. Like uh, I thought that was the only thing that they were doing. And I was like, oh, another support suit? That kind of sucks for them. But then like I learned that they're also bringing deus ex back which is like more of a niche kind of franchise for people like it's not that huge i think maybe i'm speaking incorrectly if so correct me uh but like it is a beloved franchise to a lot of people so they're bringing that back and then working on new ip which i think is always exciting so yeah it could be very cool uh, still bummed about onoma but idos looking looking pretty bright for the future in my opinion except for the stranger things game i, I don't know why that got canceled but maybe it wasn't looking too hot i don't know <laughs> I want a new Any other game. <laughs> do you? I do. Do we want that? I do. I might be the only one here that does, but yeah, I do. If Ro Maybe wants it, I want it. Thank sure. you. If you guys want it, then I want it too. So there we go. It doesn't have to be for my DOS. I just want a new Tomb Raider game. There. Yeah. Well, we are getting one, right? From Crystal. Great. Awesome. Crystal there we go. Dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. Let's go. Is Camila Luddington coming back? Yes. No. <laughs> Maybe. Or you have it a 50 50 split. Oh. Maybe. It's still 50 50. Let's move on to our fantasy critic draft check in. Uh, I have a new game coming out tomorrow. That is the Entropy Center. I don't think any reviews have come out yet. I may get screwed on this again, by the way. Oh. Like, if not enough reviews hit, I just won't get any points. Gosh. I think there's some big outlets that have their eyes on this one. Hopefully, they'll take the time to review it. But I have seen, like, some IGNs yeah. and GameStops highlight this game. Hopefully, they actually review it. <laughs> I'm also waiting for this, this site to load because I want to see if... Uh... Oh, Sonic Frontiers also, which is counterpicked by Daniel. It comes out next week, so keep an eye out. And then God of War. I mean, come on. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see if Call of Duty has... Oh, it went up, I think. Yeah, it did Instead go 76. up. Yep. Yeah. Which I saw... Going up. I saw what they did. Uh, IGN's review for multiplayer and campaign are both in there. So, like, I guess it's an aggregate, essentially, of those two. Mm. So they're just adding gotcha. more scores to it, I guess, exactly. as opposed to editing the ones that they're already in there. Yep. I'm so okay. mad that. Oh, oh Rob, please. I'm so mad that Somerville is coming out this year since I counterpicked that game. Wait. Yeah. Because I was hoping it was coming out next year. <laughs> I thought it would get delayed. <laughs> it's like two or three weeks. Yeah. That's going to lose me some points for sure. At least I think it looks good. 
since when did scorn get negative one for you last week i didn't even realize that oh. yep Yeesh. whatever whatever also i I, <laughs> I realized i never even picked up entropy center so i lied i don't i don't have that game coming oh. out for me i'll be playing <laughs> it be but... yeah. and then pentiment is on the horizon as well pentiment and among us vr so keep an eye out for by those score by the way, are we, pick, are we picking up Among Us VR? I know yeah, I we absolutely are. Yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Let's move on over into what you got for me. Um, I know we've all been, we, we've all touched Call of Duty. So let's say that to, to the end, because I want to have like a little bit of conversation about Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer impressions that we can all have together. Uh, sans row. But other than <laughs> Call of Duty, what else have you been playing, Daniel? uh that's pretty much it so <laughs> halo infinite <laughs> as usual so skip me me and ro uh, are gonna be talking to each other right now yes are you playing god of oh and um am i next or are you next you're next i'm next okay well i'll start with god of war first then and i've just been continuing that playthrough I'm, i think i'm pretty close to the end of, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the ending of that game, but if memory serves me, I think I'm 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 close to the end. Like just not the ending of the game, but where where I am right. um, in relation to the ending of that game. I don't know how close I am to that ending, but I think I'm close because of the the area that I'm in of what just happened. Like I I think I could kind of spoil it. Like Atreus just found out he was a god. So Right. That's yeah. that's the section that I'm in. And God the the this the cutscenes that happen the, the talks that Atreus and Kratos have after um, that revelation is just like, they hit so good. They're so good. Um, right. Like with the, the speech with him talking about his mind and his heart, those are the most important parts. Ugh, mm. it's, it's so good. Such a yeah. good game. Good cutscene. Yeah. yeah. And Can I um, add? Yes. So Please. the other night, I popped a gummy. As you do. And as, as one does. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I was kind of in a God of War mood. Uh, I wanted. I paused my YouTube search history so that I could look up God of War 2018 recap and kind of, you know, prep myself for next week's uh, story. I want to refresh my memory. And I paused it like halfway through and I was like, nah, let's just play the first hour again, you know? Like, I got to experience that first hour again. Bro was just talking about it. I remember being great. I haven't played it since it first came out. Let's just see what's up. Catch the vibes. And bro, that game still bangs, man. That gameplay is fucking incredible. Oh my god, I could not believe how good it felt, dude. I love it. Yeah, so I'm excited now for Ragnarok. I'm so excited to be able to start off with the game with the, what they're called, the, the chains. Yes. And have those available from the beginning. That's going to be Blades so fun. Blades of Chaos. Yes. Oh my god. Because, I, I, because of where I am in the game, I recently got them like a couple of hours ago. Sorry. Sorry, guys. If you're, if you're excited for Ragnarok, you know that happens already. That's true. Um, but yeah, the gameplay is so good. Once you get both of those like combos going, you're switching back and forth. It's so good. It's so good. Um, do you have anything else to say about God of War? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, come on, that cutscene when because I was looking at a few cutscenes too. Like, uh, you'll always be a monster, and he's like, yeah. I, yeah, but I am no longer your monster. Or whatever. I forget what he says exactly, verbatim, yeah. but like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, fuck you, Athena. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. Um, and I'm also playing, or played, Signalis, which is a survival horror game. 
in the spirit of Silent Hill and early Resident Evil games of the PS1 era. And I beat it. Wow. I actually beat it. A horror game. In 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 I guess not in my defense, in the game's defense, it wasn't super scary, but definitely had the vibes. I, there wasn't jump scares happening all the time, but it was definitely spooky. Very spooky. And I loved it. It was so good. The gameplay is super tense. Um the story is so sad so sad and the way the the world and the environment helps tell stories like there's like little collectibles around the the environments that you could read and just keeps building off in such a natural way where you're like learning new things about different characters that you bump into and the world is really good it's really good i i don't think i even fully grasp everything about that game i think some things definitely went over my head where i need to either go back or watch some videos or replay it but it is it's really good time, and I think it's like game of the year material. And I think I've seen a lot of people say the wow. same thing. It's really good. It's a really good game. Yeah, Christian, I'm sure you have like way better. Sig- Wait, no, uh, yeah. You touched you touched on everything that I wanted to say. Signalis is also in contention for my game of the year. It's it's right underneath Citizen Sleeper for me. I think uh, the emotional highs of Citizen Sleeper just resonated with me more. Like especially at the end of the game, like that really touched me in a way I was not expecting. But Signalis is a fucking banger, dude. Like you're spot on. Uh, homage to PS1, you know, games like Silent Hill. I mean, direct references to Silent Hill and and uh, and Resident Evil, but also like Neon Genesis Evangelion, which like really <laughs> threw me for a loop. And it's like, dude, come on! Like this game is like everything for me. And I, I wrote in my review here that's like uh, like meditating on on love, uh, on on grief and on trauma and fucking existentialism, which is like, you know. A big sci-fi guy like me, like watching movies like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which like really hits all those notes, like that in Game Four, but in a survival horror game is like one of the most beautiful and powerful games of the year. Like it, it fucking rocks. It's I, it's not a perfect game. Like I, there's a little bit of struggle there with like your inventory. You only get mm. six slots for the whole game. That I think is the draw to me. Like I really enjoy like planning my routes uh, and the puzzles. Oh my god, the puzzles are. That's what I was gonna bring fantastic. up, dude. Yeah, I, I mean. I have... No, I'm sure. Yeah, you have these are notes that I took down while playing this game, just trying to understand certain things and like doors and like just things that I found in the world. I just like I think this is important. I should write this down. I had such a fun time. Notes. Yeah, I was I was having to do notes as well, and like it 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 rocks. I love games that like intellectually challenge me to engage with the the game on a different level than I normally do. It's so much fun. Um, And there was there's a moment where the where notes come in handy when you're playing the game because you have to go back and forth between certain rooms. But there's a certain point where a note that you took like hours ago came in yes. handy, like near the end of the game. It's like, damn, I'm glad I wrote this down yes. because I could actually use this again. It was, it was so cool. It was awesome. There, there's a line on the wall that says in chalk, like you've been here before. And it's like, yeah. let me go back to my notes my page yeah. one no i was like fuck god oh. damn this game is so good yeah and like of course the aesthetics of it like you know if you like the ishimura you're gonna love <laughs> you know the the ship of signal so uh yeah uh here i describe the aesthetics this way uh, a sanguine descent into tragedy soaked in the decomposing reds of flesh memory and the screaming inferno uh yeah signal is fucking banger dude awesome. Do I need to play more survival horror games? I don't know if that's the outcome. I don't know if that's what one, we learned here. One but. month. <laughs> one month. Callisto. I mean. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, th- I think Ro should 
either go back and finish RE2 Remake or hold out for RE4. I think those games, if you could do Signalis, you can definitely do a Resident Evil game. Okay. Four more so. Four is like more of an action game. True. Very we'll see how true. Remake turns out, but, but yeah. Did you get, I got jump scared maybe three times and they were like from enemies like popping out of the floor. And that was kind of it. <laughs> and the and music the, just hits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. No, but, I, I got scared from the uh, the atmosphere where like you're in, I mean, no spoilers, but like you can, there's a, a kind of a really fleshy area that was like more unsettling than, than even uh, <laughs> Scorn. And yeah, Scorn is disgusting, but like this area in Signals is like, I don't feel comfortable here. And I had to turn on ASMR to play on my TV as I <laughs> played the game. Down. Just to calm yeah. it down a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, was always, I was definitely always tense and like on edge, but the jump scares that only happened like a couple of times, which I totally fine with. That was, that was, made me happy. Last thing I want to say about this game is uh, I find games that have multiple endings really cool. But the thing that I was the draw for me on this is that. Multiple endings for this game, the requisites aren't like what you collect or what you do necessarily. It's how you play the game. You have like a, if you go into your menu, you can look at your like state of mind your, that your character is. Um, and that's all dependent on your play style, whether it, like you're running past enemies or shooting them or burning them, what have you. It all kind of feeds into this like um status that you carry throughout the entirety of the game and depending on that status is which ending you get and i got the most common one which is like the least not as depressing one but not like the the supposedly true ending uh but it's still a very like melancholic ending that i actually really like too yeah i got the same ending as uh as christian we just we had a little little chat about it one last thing and i won't even say that much about it the radio in this game is so mm. freaking cool and it plays into this into the story and into the puzzles yes. such mm. creepy shit happens on that radio it's it's such a cool like little uh addition to like the puzzles that and was awesome it, dude it was so cool yeah such a great game damn. just the shit that happens on screen is awesome you know what i mean yeah damn it's like control yeah. levels of of like graphic design happening on the screen it's like really good stuff yeah, yeah. I'll and stop on now. game pass <laughs> Yeah. And on Game Pass, yeah. Hearing you guys talk about this in terms of Game of the Year, it makes me want to download it. I might have to give this a go. I might have to give this a go. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should try it. Speaking about giving games a go, Gage, what do you give it a go this week? You touched me in a way I didn't expect. Oh. I was sitting on that from when you said that <laughs> 17 nice. minutes I'll, ago. I'll give you something to sit on. Oh! oh! Sing Zhao! I've been playing, I've been, I've been pretty much only playing Modern Warfare 2. I think I jumped into a little bit of... <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't even remember. Did, I'm re-downloading Halo Infinite. Last night. What's oh, that? Nice. I said, uh, nobody, none of you guys liked my video from last night. I shared my Call of Duty montage on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I saw, I was like, I can do better. So I didn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, I... I don't, I don't know what I've been playing. Just mostly Call of Duty, that's it. Do we want to get into that? Do we want to talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? What, what are your thoughts on Modern Warfare 2? You liking it? The game? I gotta say, uh, it's, okay. whatever like disappointments I had with um, single player, for the most part, I have totally gotten over them with multiplayer. I'm having so much fun. I have minor gripes with stuff here and there, but like right. the minute-to-minute gameplay that I'm, that I'm having it, like, feels so good. Even when I'm losing, I'm like still having fun. I got to say. Right. I, 
I know. And I, for the most part, I agree with you. It took me a while to really get into the flow of things because it's interesting. This game has like one of the, one of the lower TTKs of any COD. It feels like it's extremely fast time to kill. And at first that kind of bothered me, but it almost feels like the actual way you're supposed to play it is just a tad slower, even though the yes. TTK is so fast. And once you start adjusting your play style and kind of unlearning some of the habits that you have from previous Call of Duties, I'm starting to jive with it even more. So um, I, I will say, because I feel like we're going to go on this huge gushing about Modern Warfare 2 thing, this is probably one of the buggiest launches in Call of Duty history. Like, sure. if we're being honest, this game is like, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, a lot of features don't work on, P especially on PC. PC's getting the brunt of it. There's game modes that, like, if you play, resets all your keybinds, uh, which is fun. So I'm not playing Spec Shut Ops up. anymore. Yeah, if you play Spec Ops on PC, it resets all your keybinds, um, which I found out because Dan and I played all the Spec Ops maps. I, personally, as somebody who on this podcast has said time and time again, I'm a big fan of like shooters of a bygone era, like SOCOM and Ghost Recon. I'm really impressed with the third person mode in this game and the third person support that you can play. Spec Ops, and when Raids comes out, you can play Raids in third person, stuff like that. Um, that has me very excited, and that doesn't speak to everyone, so I know that's just for me personally. It's kind of given me a bit of a boost and and a bit more enjoyment out of it than I would have otherwise, but uh, I agree with you. The campaign, I gave it the lowest score of the three of us. I was like, you know, it's fine. The multiplayer is definitely really strong this year in terms of the quality. Mm. When it works, it really works. Yeah. Dan should go because he's been he's been fighting something. Oh no! I was just when Gage was talking about the the glitches and bugs. I was trying to reenact when I uh, got killed by a care package when it literally wasn't moving. <laughs> that was funny. that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I was like literally. I was like, "What the hell just happened here?" Uh, but no, I think it's interesting because you guys um, both share the same sentiment, obviously, of uh, the campaign being weaker and the multiplayer being what's pulling you back in. And I feel like my sentiments are the exact opposite of that, which is very fascinating. And and, and after hearing Gage talk about it, it might be, you know, partially, you know, the way I play games, which is very fast paced. Like I like to run in and right. go just fucking balls to the walls and just shoot everything I can. And that's my same strategy I play with Halo. And Halo's different because you have shields, you, you can recharge, you can... Um, you step back and go back into a fight and whatnot and still survive. Whereas in Call of Duty, if you run in there, you get shot one time and you're dead. So uh, I, right. I, I haven't been enjoying the quick time to kill as much. Uh, it has definitely, uh, I guess, reopened my eyes of why I stopped playing Call of Duty multiplayer. Um, but it's not necessarily an issue with the game itself. It's more so an issue of like my mindset Perfect, right? where, yeah. And where I'm at right now in terms of what I enjoy. Um, but That's with fine. that, but with that being said, like for a long time, I've enjoyed call of duty campaigns. So like, that's why I guess that's pulling me in and multiplayer is pulling me out a little mm -hmm. bit, but maybe the DMZ mode or, uh, or, or, um, What's the other one? Warzone? Warzone. Maybe that will pull me back in since they have armor plating and such that gives you a little bit sure. longer time to kill. So, yeah. So will you be checking out the, the new Spec Ops missions as those are added? Because you and I played mm -hmm. that, and I thought I had a pretty good time, personally. Yeah, I think they're okay. Uh, I... 
I'm not a huge fan of like the design choices that they've made. Like obviously they're using recycled like content, I guess, from campaign or multiplayer assets or whatever. So there's only so much you can do with that. But like uh, some of the stuff we were doing, I was like, okay, this is kind of silly. But then some stuff I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like when the juggernaut was coming after us, I was like freaked out because we couldn't kill him for the longest time. And we finally took him down and that was cool. So uh, yeah. I think the Spec Ops stuff is okay. I feel like there were more memorable Spec Ops missions in Modern Warfare 2. Absolutely. Uh, especially Absolutely. the original. So, yes. Yeah. There was also like way more of them. I mean, I, yeah. I was going to say they they launched with like 12 to 15 of them as opposed to launching with 3, right? Yeah. And I feel like more that's a, I feel like that's a product of the time we're in now because like, you know, Halo gets the same thing where, you know, we're launching with, you know, whatever infinite launched with 10 maps or whatever compared to Halo 3 and Halo 2, which launched with 15 or 16 or however many that launched with. Right. So I I, I kind of feel like it's gone that way in the industry over time. Uh, right. Stuff's just gotten harder to make and more complex. And and right. to that point, can I just say that like I've I understand people's like frustrations with like saying that the game released without its full content like there's still you know the hardcore mode tier one is missing you know warzone isn't out yet dmz's not out yet but i actually kind of enjoyed the staggered approach uh like as season zero because it lets the let's infinity war like work out the kinks and all the bugs before the bigger game modes launch if if this game released with warzone and dmz at the same time it'd be a nightmare to play this game it'll probably would be unplayable whereas it was just multiplayer and things have been smoothed out over the weekend it's it's gotten better i had no issues last night at all with anything no crashes and so like it has been smoothed out over the past couple of days and it's only going to get better i'd imagine as, as the weeks go by as we le- lead into dmz so i, I actually right. kind of enjoyed the staggered approach and it's, yeah, like, I it's not like we don't have a timeline for the rest of these things either like they're well, coming very soon exactly i i think that's almost different from a game launching with features that are incomplete this seems like an intentional staggered launch you know what i mean like because we've known well in advance that Warzone was coming two weeks after launch. And to me, it, like I, I doubt that they absolutely needed those 14 days to get it working. I think it's more like what you're saying, where they chose to launch multiplayer, deal with some of the issues, the bugs that come up, which inevitably will come up, and then work out a lot of the key, the things that affect core gameplay before you have your big draw, which is Warzone 2.0 come out. So... I agree with you. I don't. I personally don't. Yeah, I don't agree with people saying that it's necessarily unfinished. It seems like it is finished. It's just buggy, which there's a difference in my mind, at least. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for two weeks from now. From I mean, I'm not a big Warzone guy, but I'm definitely a big Tarkov guy. So I'm very curious to see DMZ uh, and how that plays. I think a lot of people yeah. are. We're gonna squat up. Of course. Oh yeah. Last thing I'll say uh, on on over two is that I think. Map variety uh, isn't the strong suit. It seems like uh, it favors a lot of maps that like get recycled a lot. I'm seeing this, a lot of the same maps, even though there's 10 maps. And the 10 maps right. that they have, some of them aren't the greatest. People give shit to the border crossing map. I don't think it's actually that bad. I think it's actually pretty fun, depending on how you play it. Yep. Uh, just don't run by the cars a lot, and you'll be just fine. It's the right. other maps that like, seem like not as inspired and kind of like half-assed. There's that one map. I forget the name of it. It's just like a a, a box of just broken down buildings everywhere and it's like this this sucks there's like lanes everywhere i don't like this like that map has awful sight lines yeah it's so much freaking tan and brown it's like give us some color like yes dude 
I think I was talking about this with Invasion. I think I said I think I said exactly what you just said. I was like, man, the map design they're really like, hey, you like the color brown? Yeah. Like it does it just <laughs> it feels said, yeah. It's unfortunate because it and this is what I said when we were comparing the original trilogy to this one, uh, when we were talking about it last week, but the first one, because of the events that take place in the campaign, they're able to have this globe trotting setting. And I think this is to, Christian and I, this is this is pretty much exactly what we said word for word to each other. But um the, we you know, you had that globe trotting World War Three storyline, so you were able to have you know, multiplayer maps that take place in the Alps and everything's snowy, and then you have stuff that's in the forest, and then you've got stuff that's in the Middle East, and then you've got, you know, stuff that took place in the States, and you had familiar settings. Whereas this one, because of how they're doing the more grounded approach, you don't. You do have a lot of Middle Eastern maps, and even the ones that take place in Mexico, they're all, a lot of them are, like, residential, so it's not even, you get some color in the buildings and the architecture, but it's not like you're getting the lush green forests of Mexico, right? So... Yeah, I agree with that, Dan, wholeheartedly. That is the one thing that like is not related to bugs. That is design philosophy that I would critique. Is that the maps are very samey, and like I've noticed, it has kept me from going on really long sessions in this game, where yeah. I just start to feel exhausted visually. I'm like, all right, I need to like go play something else. However, don't forget that they did say they're going to include a lot of the Modern Warfare Two maps uh, in this game, so they're bringing back fi- classics. So. Right. Uh, that'll be a nice change of pace when, whenever that happens, and I can't wait. Which, which is interesting because, similar to what I said with the classic maps and, and how that ties directly into the plot line, Jason Schreier also said we're getting campaign DLC, so it'll be interesting to see how those two things work hand-in-hand hand if they Yo. do that. I'm just saying. How are you going to bring back a you know, whiskey, whiskey okay. hotel if, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, there's certain maps where it's like, okay, well, if you're doing campaign DLC, what are you doing? Terminal. What oh. do you do? Terminal is coming back. Uh, I, I remember I was playing Invasion, uh, or I actually, it was Ground War uh, on opening night, or I guess launch night. Opening night, yep. what the fuck? Um, and I'm part of the map. I was like, oh my god, this is Rust from Modern Warfare 2. But like, half of the map has been like, sand has covered it. But like, I identified like, that's the main building from Rust. Like, I thought yeah. that was cool. Uh, same I, thing. I like uh, High rise, right? No, I was going to say, Dan and I were playing one of the co-op missions, and uh, one of the missions takes place in, like, uh, a bigger, fleshed-out version of Radar uh, from Modern Warfare 2. Like, it's exactly mm-hmm. that. It's the, third, it's the third Spec Ops mission that's you playing on that map the entire time. Yeah. So those, those original maps are in here. I'm guessing this is the Warzone map that, like, a lot of this stuff is just taken from, but... Yeah. High-rise is in, is in Warzone, so, yeah. Very cool stuff. All right. Should we get into Tots? Well, All right, a resounding nothing from <laughs> Yes. Hell yeah. PSVR 2 price announced. I have uh, details here, everything from the blog post. You can click on either one. doesn't matter, but I broke it all down for you. PSVR 2 launching February 22nd, 2023 for a grand total of 549 U.S. buckaroos and 749 Canadian no. smackers. A lot of money, a lot of friggin' money. Uh, you also have, can the hor- I- yeah, okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You you also have the Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle, which is five hundred ninety nine US dollars, as well as the VR two Sense controller charging station for only forty nine US dollars. We'll stop there. Gage. This is the problem, and I want I want our American viewers to know this is that like, <laughs> it's not like the yen. Where our, like, it, it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like, no, our dollar feels like an American dollar. 
So when they come out and they say it's seven hundred and fifty dollars, it's seven hundred and fifty dollars. It's not like it's like oh, it's it's reasonable. That's five hundred. Like no, it still feels like like way too much money. <laughs> like games like, are hundred bucks for you guys, right? It is. Yeah, they are. That's and like so I insane. when That's I was so when I was in high school. When I was in high school, uh, the Canadian dollar and the American dollar, and Rashan probably the same for you, they were lined up. Like you'd go to GameStop and it'd be fifty nine ninety nine, same as the states. So, wow. in within my adult brain lifetime, cogniz being cognizant, I've seen. Okay, cool. Now we just get to pay double for what people <laughs> four hours south of me play or pay for. It really hurts. It really hurts a lot. It hurts. So and also in Canada. In Canada, in our in our province, thirteen percent tax. So that's seven fifty. Oh, is actually like it's not seven fifty. Is actually not, yeah. no, it's like it's eight eighty. You're spending yeah. a grand on this oh plus the, plus the console. God, hold on. Seven forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, do it. Do the math. I have thirteen percent. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have zero sales tax in my state. So God. what you see is what uh, you get. That's wow. lovely. Bro, I wish. That's amazing. Are there any man. vacancies near here? Dude. <laughs> here, uh... Yeah, it, my bedroom. Come through. We'll, really? We'll oh, yeah. wow! <laughs> yeah, Let's go. You have to sleep. Uh, what did they say? It though. Well, I mean, but so okay. then I guess I'm <laughs> splitting the difference then because you guys are up here. Christian's at zero. I'm at six percent. So you know, uh, right in the middle. Yeah, man, thirteen percent right is so much, man. On it's everything. Like, oh, it's because of because we get free That's healthcare. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the, mm. that's the free healthcare, right? <laughs> that's true. I would rather have free healthcare and no games, in my opinion. I want to. That's that. true. I, I I like this. Like, it hurts when you're making a big purchase, but yes, I I'm not I'm not knocking our decision to have free healthcare. I also <laughs> prefer to have free healthcare, but it doesn't make it any less yeah. <laughs> easier no, yeah, to swallow when true. you're when you're spending nine hundred and twenty dollars after tax on a fucking VR headset. Woo. Let me read you some more details here from the blog post before we start talking that shit. Uh, <laughs> a 20 plus titles are expected at launch. We know of a few already. Of course, Horizon Call of the Mountain, that's one. It's a first party game. Also, I think Resident Evil Village is getting its, its VR port. I think it's another exclusive that's coming to PS, PSVR 2. There, there's one more coming, I think, but we, we don't know what it is. Um, shrug. Uh, but 11 new PSVR 2 games were announced today, and I'm going to read you through a few of them. I'll just read through all of them, but I won't go, I won't stop at every single one. The Dark Pictures Switchback VR, being developed by Supermassive Games. Crossfire Sierra Squad, being developed by Smilegate. Of course, this is a sequel to Crossfire X, which is on PSVR. Uh, Sierra Squad, just an just a FPS game versus, like, super hyper-intelligent AI, they described it as. Anyway. The Light Brigade, developed by Funktronic Labs. Cities VR Enhanced Edition, which this one actually is pretty cool. This is, you know, kind of Dan. You know, Dan loves these little sim games. But what's cool about this is that you can, you can do first person as well. So you can build a whole city and then walk through it. So that's... Oh, like that's pretty cool. cool. That is neat. Yeah. yeah. Gage also Cos loves these sim games, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Sorry. Cosmonious High, developed by Owl Kimmy Labs. A little cute family-friendly game. Uh, Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue. Not, not Hello Neighbor 2, the first one. Uh, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, developed by Coatsync. Pistol Whip VR. Uh, Zenith, developed by Ramen VR. Uh, and After the Fall, developed by Vertigo Games. Sorry, one more. Tentacular, developed by Fire Punch Games, UG. Did you say a lot testacular? Of these games, testicular. 
a lot of these games, <laughs> I should mention, uh, were already on other platforms, such as Quest or PCBR, by the way. Just FYI. Uh, so let's get into it. Thoughts on PSVR 2, now that we know the price point, the games that are coming with it on launch. How are we feeling? Because I gotta say, it's a resounding yikes from what I've seen on Twitter. And I, I gotta agree, like, this thing... I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Like, it's not looking like gonna, it's going to be a strong launch, in my opinion. No. No. I don't understand. Like, Sony, like, Sony can take a freaking loss and say, hey, Call of the Mountain is included with the $549.99 bundle. Why would you... $600, that is a lot of money for, you know, if you buy the headset, it's 550 but you have no games for it. So you got to get something. And Call right. of the Mountain seems to be that game that's going to be like that killer app. Why would you not want to put that in as many hands as possible to spread the word and say, this is fantastic? Like, ah, mm. I don't know. And they wouldn't have to do that if PS1 VR back was true. Exactly. They didn't do that either. So yeah, I think Dan's onto something that they they have they they're not they don't have to because they they won't. But they they should include a game, and it would make that price point a a little bit better, a little bit more digestible that they're actually including a game with it. Um, But this is the price of VR headsets. But the fact that you also need a console to play it is 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 the part that. It's hard to swallow because people are dropping this much on VR headsets all the time, but you don't. I mean, there's there's definitely more accessible options that are cheaper that get you the same games. There's not that many exclusives on this on this thing. Obviously, it hasn't launched yet. We'll have to wait and see. Right. But the yeah, it, it like you guys are saying, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a super strong launch. We'll have to wait and see see how PlayStation supports it. But out the gate, kind of trepidatious on this one. Yeah. You mentioned something that's really important is is other headsets. And so the thing for me that I was really thinking about today is like competition. Who does Sony view as competition here? Because there's obviously two big ones that we have been talking about for the whole year. One is the Quest. And as you mentioned, the barrier to entry in the Quest is like nothing. It's just the money. You buy the platform for $400 now that the price went up and you have you have it. Like you have something to play games on. And it has a better, granted you're stuck on the Quest ecosystem for the most part. You can connect it to PC, right? Yeah, uh, but you have a strong quality of games and some exclusives like RE4 VR, right? So and they terms- do come with just sorry to cut you off, but I believe mm-hmm. Quest, I believe they come with like six or seven free apps that are not demos but actual like free apps like rec- yeah. like Rec Room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes with Beat Saber now too. Yeah, think- so you do have you do have a starting point, whereas this seems to not have that at all. Right, and so now I'm thinking, okay, well, what's the other competition? It's the it's the opposite end. Because this thing is is specced like a competition for the Valve. And a Valve Index is 999 US dollars on top of an actual PC. So it's in this right. middle area, right? Where like, is it approachable? Yes and no. Is it expensive? Yes, but also no in comparison to, to the Valve, right? And so the thing for me is like, okay, then what you really have to look at is the is the quality of, of lineup of games. And right now, it's not there, and we don't it's know what that's going to look there. like. It's we don't know what that's going to look like for at least another year. Does this thing have legs? And that's the thing, right? Like, if Sony wants to support it, support it, it has to sell. But in order for it to sell, you got to have good games for it. So it's like in, stuck in this like this middle area where like nothing's going to give for right now. And so, right. can you really wait and see? I don't know. I I feel like it's... See, oh, sorry, go good, Gage. 
Um, I, it, it's interesting when you say like, is it expensive? Yes and no. Is it too much? Or it, here's the thing though. You, the, I look at it in the context of what your demographic is. Like PC people, you have you have PC gamers that you know will play on a hand-me-down laptop for six years and only play certain games because they look at the requirements ahead of time. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, the enthusiasts that will drop you know six thousand dollars have a custom liquid cool you know fucking flux capacitor pc all that shit so is five hundred dollars a lot like oh no compared to pc high-end stuff it's not but it's like okay but this demographic the playstation console demographic is not used to paying this kind of price yes right whereas yes. pc the pc platform is filled with super expensive add-on accessories that a lot of pc players ignore and that a lot of pc players decide to buy right so it's when you look at it through that lens, at least in my perspective, it kind of does shake things up where it's like for console, for the console demographic, for the moms going out and buying stuff for their kids and for, right. you know, somebody who's just who works a nine to five and can only buy a certain, you know, they're not enthusiasts, they can't buy a lot of stuff. This is a crazy asking price. Mm -hmm. And I know we were talking about it um, before we got into the show and we were talking about like, you know, mm -hmm. I mentioned that it was not a great timing with the global recession. And you mentioned that like, well, they've been working on it. They have to release it at some point. You're absolutely right. But similar to Dan's earlier point, they don't have to try and make as much of a profit as possible. If you're going to release a premium VR headset and the global economy is going into a recession, which is not your out of your control, that's fine. I understand that. You could take a hit, right? Like, mm. including Horizon, I think, is the absolute bare minimum because now you're going to buy this thing and you have nothing to play with it. But I would say, like, even take, like, do, like, $4.99. Get that, you know, get that first digit four and take, yes. a, take a bigger hit on it. And you know what? Your Sony is fine. You'll, you'll recoup that through uh, software sales anyways, right? So the optics on this, for me, are just, like, all bad. It's all over the place. And, um, yeah, I, don't, I think this is going to be a skip for me, like you guys are saying. Like, yeah. it, it, very impressive headset, don't get me wrong. But for what this platform is and for what the, and what the asking price is compared to any other accessories they've released before, it's crazy. So, okay, let's actually push that further, too, because I, I had to think about this as well. Is like, let's compare this to PSVR 1. Right, right, and Dan and I were talking about this. I think someone mentioned. Did Dan mention Connect? Yes, or, or, or Twitter? Okay, yeah, yeah. which sold. I had to look it up. It was like thirty million units. The attach rate was was great. It was pretty, pretty much like a hit. Like it, it was like was it did it last long? No, but like it's still relatively a hit. Right. And so I had to look at PSVR one, which had a five percent attach rate. Relatively speaking, Sony was happy with with that. Significantly less. But they did deem it some kind of success. But like, let's let's look at like what Gage mentioned is is adapters, right? On that console, the demographic of people who are actually going to buy it. PSVR one came at like the tail end of the PlayStation Four lifecycle. PSVR two is coming at the beginning of the PS Five. A lot of people like are still getting their hands on these things. They're finally in stores like as of two weeks ago, where you can maybe find one, right? Right. So like, yeah, the ask, even though like. PSVR one for the bundle was like 450 for everything, and it's like not that much of a difference. That came way later when everyone already had PS4s and were willing to buy things. And maybe like it's new tech can be new and exciting. We already know what that kind of looks like. So for PSVR two to come out when PS5s are barely being stocked in shelves, it's like okay, now it seems like it's more of like a you have to get both of these things at the same time. So it feels like way more of a of a of an ask. And I'm with you. Right. You're right. You're spot on with that, Christian. And like, that's the problem that I see is 
if Sony again gets 5% attach rate, let's just, you know, say that they're going to get the same attach rate. 5% of 25 million consoles is not, yeah, you're not going to get developers that are going to make games for a platform that's that small because you're already sectioned off to that small audience and then your game's not going to sell to 100% of that audience. So it's like... It's tough for sure. And How are you going to entice, like you said, developer? No reason why to make an exclusive for that, let alone porting over. Porting over it is going to be a hard sell, but like trying to get exclusives for your VR, yeah, it's going to have to be first party studios. And they're going to, I mean, hopefully they'll want them to do that. They're going to force them for the first two years. Oh, 100%. And like, maybe like three of them will make some cool games. And then after that's like, well, and, they'll forget about it. You know, we'll stop. Right. And, this, and the selfish part of my brain is like, well, you know, I'd love to see naughty dog make a last of us vr horror game right we've talked about this i brought this mm. up before we've all talked about this that'd be fucking awesome the clickers you know dodging clickers throwing bottles all that stuff that'd be great little little 10 hour experience <laughs> eight hour experience it'd be fucking awesome but it's like that's not what these studios are known for right they've perfected their mm. craft this is the thing i say like i'm an xbox guy going way back obviously Dan and I are both Halo fucking, you know, huge Halo nerds. But that's the one thing I've always given Sony is that they make games. They make the best games. And it's like your studios, because your studios are highly trained and highly focused on working on their hardware. If you go in and you're like, oh, hey, by the way, Sony Santa Monica, half your team's working on a VR and Naughty Dog, and I need a quarter of your team doing a VR game. I don't know what that's going to do to the quality of their other stuff, right? So it's it's a very, yeah, it's... The optics on this all around, in my opinion, are just a bit muddy. And all three of you guys are people that that have VR headsets already, right? You guys already own right. like a uh, mm-hmm. a Quest or something like that. Like I have two. Like yeah, and, and like <laughs> what does PlayStation VR have to do for you to get a third one? Like you guys are already in that ecosystem. The fact that they're asked, I mean, I guess you guys may not be the audience, but I feel you. like you guys are the audience. Like you guys are the people who have bought VR headsets in the past, maybe you're willing to buy them again in the future. And if they don't have the games for you guys, I don't think they're going to get a lot of people <laughs> signing up. Right. I, I, think, I think, honestly, see, everything's happening gradually, so it's hard to pinpoint. Um, but if we take a step back and look, it's like this, like if you look over the controversies PlayStation's had the last few years, cutting off uh, stores without notice, um, the upgrade paths to PS, PS4 to PS5 versions, uh, backwards compatibility, and the PlayStation uh, premium subscriptions, all that stuff. I think like we're starting to get a good look at, like, this is Jim Ryan's PlayStation. This is what Jim Ryan's PlayStation looks like. And what would it take me to get the PSVR? <laughs> stuff that he wouldn't do. Make it compatible with PC, right? It's, it's one USB-C oh, yeah. cable. It's True. one USB-C cable. That's how you use your. Um, that's how you connect your Quest to the PC. I use that to play um, uh, Half-Life Alex at max settings. Like it works flawlessly because uh, USB-C, the type of connection that that is, you can transfer a lot of data really quickly. Um, so like you have this awesome headset, and like you said, like for PC players, like this is an incredible value, but you can't access this. So it's like, what? Well, yeah, the. PlayStation would need to do not PlayStation things to make this a success. <laughs> yep. Open it up to open it up to a lot of developers. Backwards compatibility with PSVR one, which this is a recurring theme now with them, and it const- they constantly shoot themselves in the foot with it while thinking it's not important, which is infinitely hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, and and open it up to like okay, buy this five hundred and fifty, or in our case, eight hundred and fifty dollar after all is said and done headset, 
and you know what you can plug it into your play uh to your pc and have this incredible experience like that'd be amazing man if they had that price point and they had the flexibility to plug into pc playstation 5 or I would get it or wireless, the optics would be totally different dude the optics would be completely different and or even like if they had done like a little chip in it like the quest has and made the option to do a wireless experience a lesser powered experience obviously but then they could say well if you want the full-blown experience plug right it into your works PlayStation better with ps5 or, or right. your pc yeah I, yeah i don't <laughs> i've been holding out hope that they'll have like a pc like connectivity but you're i think your gauge is right like it's jim ryan he's like like playstation is stubborn they might not just they might not do it at all and like no you have yep. to adopt our platform which i think is extremely like shitty like pc yeah. is by far the best place to play vr games like it's my favorite like i have the quest but like everything that i want to play is like on steam and i, I have like my vr library and that would be the thing where the, to answer your question is like i've already accepted backwards compatibility is not going to happen if some studios decide that they want to port their game over that's great that i'm glad for them that that would be awesome um what is the other thing? Software sales, right? I need I need a strong lineup. What that looks like is a big shrug for me, so I, I'm not going to get it right away. And But if it did have PC con connectivity, I would do it. But we don't know if it does or not. So it's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me I, to do? So? It just seems like, uh, like th there's a thing that I thought about, like the, the PC launch that they're doing soon for like the, the PC, the PlayStation games that are coming to PC. Mm. Maybe later down the line, they they support VR games for the VR two. I don't know, but this all right. seems like something that is such a ways ways out. That mm. does PlayStation still support it if they don't see the numbers right away? And that's that's scary because we we know what they do when they don't see the numbers, and then that's the Vita. And there's there's other instances of that too, but Vita's I guess is the most recent example where they just don't support it anymore. They did Uncharted, uh, Golden Abyss, and then they stopped <laughs> doing first party games. But uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully they they support this long enough to see some growth in it. Because like Dan was, I think somebody said that uh, I don't I don't remember the point, but it seemed like the later we go into yeah, with the VR one launching later in the PS4 cycle, that was good for it, and it launching so early now not so good, and we need more games. And it it just seems like we have to hold out hope that they support it for the long haul. And then it earns way, its 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 value that way. By the by the way, yeah. So the competition for this headset isn't also other headsets. It's actually just games themselves. Let's take a look. Right. Let's take a look at the release timing for this. It's in February. So I went through and mm. grabbed a bunch of games that were coming in February and March of 2023. Dead Island 2, Hogwarts Legacy, Wanted Dead, Wild Hearts, Like a Dragon Ishin, Atomic Heart, Sons of the Forest, Octopath Traveler 2, Destiny Lightfall, Wolong Fallen Dynasty. RE4 remake. That's in just those two months alone. That is a lot of games that I want to check out that I am prioritizing over PSVR 2, which the catalog of games, I, I can wait for Horizon Call of the fucking Mountain when, you know, that price gets lowered at like a year from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with not going to really adopt. Exactly. Yeah. With all those games coming out, no one's going to be trying to buy PSVR 2 at the same time. Well, and, and Christian, you made a great point earlier where people can barely get their hands on the console. It's like, there, I'm sure that there's a lot of people like me who 
when I picked up my PS5 a couple weeks ago, I did it only be like I was not planning on spending that money that day, but I saw one in the wild. So I was like, oh shit. So I wonder how many people have just recently had that moment and now they see this optional accessory that's more expensive than the thing they just bought. And they're gonna go like, are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> Even if, if they if are interested. If someone doesn't want a PS5, or sorry, if someone wants a PS5 and doesn't have one yet, like when they buy one, they're not going to go out and also buy a PSVR 2. They're going to go buy The Last of Us Part 1 remake or God of War Ragnarok. You know what I mean? Or buy a used car. Or, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is $1,100. Ro, Ro, I think you had a great point as well uh, about the games. They need to bring the games to PC as well for more, you know, people get in more people's hands. But like that brings up a tricky question because will Sony do that? Because if they bring the games to PC, you're opening up the opportunity for the for people to use other VR headsets, which then takes away from their VR Ooh. headset. So yeah, man, so, yeah, they won't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But if you, but that's, that's, that's the Alex. problem. It's like if but if PlayStation launches their headset and gives it connectivity with with PC, their headset is more powerful and less expensive than majority of the competition. So like the problems are caused by PlayStation themselves, but the solutions can also be like brought yeah. on by PlayStation themselves, and they just do neither. Tell you what though, they need to announce Half Life Alex for this thing already. Yeah, which was the rumor. <laughs> that would be hot. Or just put it on PC, let it play it on PC, you know? Yeah. Dude, I want to use that headset. Like, that, the head, the specs are all there, man. It's just, mm. like, the price and what it... And, like, that launch lineup. Like, Christian, like you said, you were spot on. The software is not there, even a little bit. Yeah. And maybe they... I mean, February is next year. So maybe they show us some, some like, crazy state of play that blows our mind and changes our mind, but I, I doubt it, but... There's still yeah. time. Still time to show us some good games, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of state of play, I saw a lot of people talking on Twitter why this wasn't a state of play. And I got to say, now that I know the price point uh, and what <laughs> games are coming, I got to say, it's a very good thing they did not do state of play. They would, all the press yeah. would be about how negative it was, the price yep, in line absolutely. of business. If they this do way, a, they, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if they do a state of play, it's good that they don't have to announce the price mm. in the future. Like, yeah. that's, like that's been done. Don't have to touch that again. You guys know the price. Let's just talk about the good stuff. Hopefully, good stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. As a blog post, they can avoid that, but it still seems like they, they can't really <laughs> avoid it because, like, it's still a big number. Okay, you're still right. Like, if they would have dropped, it ate the cost a little bit more. Four ninety nine. That like, it's not a huge difference, but you see the four and like the the way the mine works is mm -hmm. like, oh, this is cheaper. Right. It's not that much more expensive, but and five. Well, to say it. Yeah. I'm going to take it a step further and just, just reiterate. I also agree with Daniel where I think it should be 499 and you get called the mountain. Like yeah. they should have, they should have doubled down and ate it. That would have worked. I think. Yes. Yeah. I might've got it at that price. Honestly. It would have been a significant loss, but like, yeah, you, you got to release with something on it. I get it. Yeah. This reminds me before we end the show, uh, when I bought my GameCube, sorry, when my dad bought me my GameCube, um, I had the choice of either a memory card or a game, and I was like, well, I'm not going to fucking buy this thing and not play anything on it. I'll take the game. So I bought Mario Sunshine and then just couldn't uh -oh. save my game. Oh, I was like, no. like, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I was having a good time replaying the game over and over again, but. What a game. I love Sunshine. I'm not going to lie to you. I love Sunshine. That's our show. Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. As well as podcast. I'm sorry, I, I can't. I have Twitter in here. I'm, a, I'm the leader right here. <laughs> Not Twitter. Thank you for joining us live on YouTube and I deleted the wrong one. And Twitch, as well as <laughs> podcast services 
everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your podcast. Podbean? I don't know what you're listening to. Uh, thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. That's me. Thank you, Gage. That's Daniel. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out of here. Much love, and keep on gaming. We yeah. miss you, Nibel. Oh! Oh, my God. Oh, Moan. <laughs> <laughs>